This is the MFG Cast. I love a good intro, and I love when I don't have to do it, because I'm always doing it. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal. It's like, what, four words? Um, no, but it is fun. Yeah, exactly. It's it's nice to do something different, you know, spice it up a little bit. I, we have good friend of the show, Cassie Friedman, is on the show again. Cassie, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me. It's just you today. Yeah. Where's your partner in crime? Well, you know, <laughs> here's the deal. Okay, so... We scheduled this little interview, this little fun thing, and it was supposed to be you and Dan. And then we found out that Dan from Letterman Games, is, it's his birthday today, so he can't be on. So it's just going to be me and you. And then I said, you know what's funny is uh, Dan can't be on because it's his birthday today. So then I proceeded to tell my podcast partner, Dan, happy birthday this morning. And he said, it's not till Thursday. Oh, I'm like, no. okay, great. <laughs> yeah. I'm a terrible friend. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, exactly. But I gave him the night off anyway. I kept thinking Dan's birthday was on Sunday, and I messaged him, and I was like, so are you excited for Sunday? What are you going to do? And he's like, nothing, because my birthday's on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Sorry. Nice. Yeah, we're good friends. We're good friends. Yeah. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, we've got you on for a special occasion this time. Uh, you are, or we're talking to you about. Oh boy, here we go. Matryoshka. Did I get it right? You did it. Yay! I did it. That's going to be on Kickstarter May eighth by Letterman Games, and you are the localization manager for this game. What does that mean? So I've been using an, a fictional anecdote to explain what localization means, and so the way I explain it is. You have a game that's done really well in the United States and you think it's going to do really well in like Italy or Japan, but you don't know the culture of Italy and Japan. You don't know any of the distributors or the relationships they have with manufacturers in those countries. You don't know any of the game stores. So you really have no real footing to get yourself into that country unless you want to spend a good amount of time and money developing relationships with all these people. So instead of doing that, you reach out to a company that has already done that in these countries. Um, and you say somewhat of a deal. If you are willing to publish my game in your country, we'll work out a deal where you would get some of the profits. And because you already have these relationships in these countries, I don't have to put in you know, that footwork. So our situation is like this, but reversed. We found a game nice. that did really well in the Netherlands, and we thought it would do amazingly well in the United States. So we reached out to that publisher, White Goblin Games, um, who published Matryoshka in the Netherlands, and asked them if we could bring it to the United States, and also Canada, and they said, sure. So that is our localization project. Nice, I love that. 
I love that you explained it for the people that don't know around here, like especially me, because I was like, what? And I'm like, you know, it, it's it, I'm sure. Yeah. When you explain it, it's so easy. But when I, you know, when you said you're a localization manager, I was like, oh, my God, this has got to be this is above my pay grade. So I, I'm glad I asked. And so everyone. Yeah. Else you. Well, I don't you know, localization, I think, is it's not new, but it's become newer for smaller publishers and designers. It was, you know, fairly popular for huge name brands like um, like Asmodee. They're all over the world. But for mm-hmm. small companies that are really just well-known in where they are located, this has become a new thing for them to develop relationships with other small companies in these foreign countries. And it's been so great. I mean, why wouldn't you want to do that? Everybody yeah. wins in this situation. Yeah. And we have gamers that are like, finally, I can get these games that I couldn't achieve. Uh, acquiring before without spending tons of money on importing fees and having to pay crazy shipping costs. So I think this is going to be a, a future trend that's just going to grow, honestly. Yeah, and I, I like that too because you see that way too much, especially in the board game community where it's like, I really like this game. I just I played it once with a friend and I love it. Well, too bad it's not made over here and you have to pay $3,000 plus $2,000 shipping if you want to get it over here. And it's like, oh, come on. I just want to play a game, you know? I know. Or like the links that like Dan will go to where he'll get like a, a German version of something, even though he has no clue how to speak German. I'm like, good for you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go that far. I have, a, I won't lie. I have a few games that are in Japanese, but they have the rules on Board Game Geek in English. That's so cool. I do have to print out, you know, my own rules but it doesn't bother me because i knew that going in yeah yeah but like you said if you don't want to deal with that then you're just never going to get this yeah yeah exactly i'm just lazy and that's that says a lot about me unfortunately i gotta stop being that like that so fair (laughs) you get you hooking up with dan and letting he is a part of the indie wow boy the indie game report thank you Boy, words are tough. It's also late. Yeah, exactly. And plus it's me. It's always me. So so it's cool that you guys have this working relationship now. Why did you decide that this was the project that you wanted to work on? Like, what was the enticing part of Matryosha that you're like, hey, I would love to get this game to the U.S.? So I actually approached him with the project idea, and he said, yeah, let's do it. Nice. Um, yeah, I reviewed Matryoshka... A few years ago, both back when I wasn't really involved as heavily as I am now with the industry, and I was really just starting to do reviews. In fact, it wasn't a video review. This is before I was even doing videos. Nice. It's a written review. And yeah, it was a while back. And I just loved the game. It was delightful. And I really enjoyed all of the games I had received. In um, uh, It was like a, a review care package I received from White Goblin Games of things to review. And I just really loved all of the games, but this one stuck out to me so well. The art was gorgeous. The gameplay was different, and it's not easy to find games that are small box that are just really different. And I just, I just really enjoyed it. So over the years, it's stuck in my mind. And I've worn a lot of hats in the industry, and one of the hats I haven't had a chance to wear is a publishing hat. And I just really want to know what that's, what's entailed in that position. And Dan and I have been friends for a while, you know, since he joined the Indie Game Report. And he's like really the only publisher that publishes regularly, I think, that's also really active in um, the Indie Game Report right now. 
And so we've talked about trying to find a way where I could work with him. But most of the time when I'm available, he doesn't need any help. He's at a point where there's no live campaigns going on or vice versa. When he does have something live, I'm busy with real life. So nothing just really teamed up or meshed. But I was thinking about what I really enjoy, which is I really enjoy foreign languages. I really enjoy foreign cultures. And I really enjoy this game, Matryoshka. I've been learning Dutch and I've been wanting to find a way to interact and work with a company from the Netherlands somehow. And so I was like, you know, why don't I just see if Dan would be interested in doing a localization project of Matryoshka? I had been thinking about how Deepwater Games has been localizing games from, um, I think it's Empress 4 that was the original publisher of a couple of these games, like Konami Koji and whatnot. And so, you know, I was seeing this as a thing that is a possibility that someone could do. And so I approached Dan with the idea and he said, that sounds pretty awesome. Let's try it. So we reached out to White Goblin Games and at first the rights weren't available. And so we worked on a couple of, you know, we tried a couple of other games from other publishers and a couple from White Goblin Games that weren't Matryoshka to see if they would work bringing them to the United States. But we just kept really going back to Matryoshkin. So we asked them again and said, we really like this, you know, it's something that we would really enjoy doing. Do you know when it would be available? We're thinking about maybe we'll just wait and come back to it when that is an opportunity. And they Hmm. said, actually, it is available right now if you want to sign it. And we said, (laughs) "Nice, let's do it. And we signed it. Yeah, so um, we got the rights for the United States and Canada. So those are the only two regions we're available to to localize it in, unfortunately. But we're hoping, you know, maybe it just becoming popular will help. You know, it's it's just hard because you want. We've had people that are in the United or um, in the United Kingdom and in not really much of Eastern Europe, but we've had some people that just haven't been able in the European area that haven't been able to get the game, and they're not going to be able to get it from us just because we don't have those rights. But I do know there are other publishers that have the rights. So on Board Game Geek, it has a list of all of the publishers, including the original one and anyone that localizes it. So you can see everyone that has mm-hmm. had a hand in it and where they're located. Like yeah. I think there's one in Portugal that has rights. But it's it's so interesting localizing. You never really notice just how much is involved until you start getting into it. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, it, it it's weird that you would think like, I understand, you know, trying to get stuff distributed, you know, certain areas and stuff like that. The cost is probably pretty expensive and stuff like that. So, you know, that part's tough. And then, you know, also having to talk to the designers and who had it recently. And, like, I'm sure there's, like, time periods and stuff like that. It's just, it's crazy how much stuff goes into it. So, like, you know, like a regular Joe like me, you know, we're just expecting, like, we, me and uh, Tracy have talked about this a few times now. It's like we played Alan Moon's old game San Marco, and it's one of those that probably will never get remade again. So it's like we have to go out of our way just to find a game that we played randomly with some guy at a local con, and we're like, well, we'll never find this game. Well, there's just a lot of red tape that people have to go through just to, you know, do these things. And I'm sure, you know, for a lot of these companies, it probably just costs so much money that they're like, it's just not worth our time, unfortunately. Yeah, we have the way our contract is set up was really um, helpful. It seemed, you know, White Goblin Games, I think, is familiar with doing a lot of localization because they have brought a bunch of well-known games from other locations to the Netherlands. 
So they're very familiar with it. And that was a huge help on our part because we really, you know, this is our first time localizing. So we're kind of going in it based off of advice and feedback we've gotten from other people who have done it. But, you know, again, we've never done it ourselves. So it's still kind of like, you know, still a little bit of a noob (laughs) going in. But it was very helpful. And so they had everything laid out for us. They told us exactly what they wanted. And, you know, we were able to, they were open to feedback if we wanted to do some changes. Like we asked if we would be allowed to change the art because they already have the art assets, which is a great help. We don't have to pay any, you know, illustrators to do something for us. But we did want to make the art a little more uh, colorblind friendly. So we asked if they would be okay with us doing a little bit of that. And they said, yes, it's okay. Just, you know, let us know what it looks like at the end. And, you know, so they've been really involved and it's been great communication. And it's just been a lot. It's been really exciting for me, actually. And I'm hoping one day I'll get to the Netherlands myself to visit White Goblin Games and just say, hey, everybody, it's me. It's Cassie. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Watch they're like based out of someone's home and I just like bust in their home. Yeah, yeah. Hey, guys. (laughs) It'll be like one guy be like, or you know, one guy or girl that talked to you be like, oh, I know that person. Everyone else is like, what? What's happening They're here? Just eating a sandwich, and I'm like, hey yo, <laughs> I'm here from America. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, jeez. So, so that brings up my next question. So, besides the art, is there, you know, well, so you wanted to, you know, change the art a little bit to be a little bit more color blind friendly. So what did you do there? And also, were there any was there anything else like mechanically or anything like that that you did differently that people will notice when they get their copy here in the States and in Canada? The first thing we tried was the game plays three to five players. And the first thing we tried was to develop a two-player variant. Mm-hmm. But that's been very hard because the core of the game is very much multiplayer. And so it's very hard to keep that core and and make it you know in a two-player way and so we're hoping you know down the road beyond the kickstarter we'll be able to do some development maybe come up with a variant that's two-player you know worst case scenario we come up with nothing or we come up with something and we post it to like board game geek for people to just try out on their own Mm -hmm. but right now we haven't done anything really changing the mechanics because the game is just such a good game already it doesn't really need it's such a light game too it only plays 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and it's 70 cards so it's you know it's not a very large game but with the color blindness part we had we shared you know some of the art changes we made we made them a little more lighter and less less bright more pastel with some cards and we shared the art to twitter and facebook and people who are colorblind or are um, close to colorblind people would give us feedback, which was very helpful. And one of the feedback things we got was there's identification markers that are in the center of the card so you can keep track of the suit, you know, like it's a diamond or a star. And there's also numbers. And we were told some of the numbers and the um, markers are going to be difficult to see based off of their colors. So we changed those to all be white. So it's very easy to see against dark, all of the dark backgrounds. Again, we changed some of the colors on the cards to make it more pastel and bright. and Or, I'm sorry, less neon bright, more like pastel bright, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're hoping to have a deluxe version, which is a different thing that's just like Lenin Games' special thing. 
We have what the deluxe version would contain is cards that are done by other artists. So they won't match the art that's in the game, but the backs of the cards will match. So you can swap a set out in the game with one of these deluxe sets if you want to, and just play with new artwork if you want. So it won't change the mechanics, it won't change the core of the game, but it's just a fun little addition that will, you know, make your game a little more colorful. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's but the art's so amazing. Yeah, the art is phenomenal. And I, I like that you you do the, you know, like a different art choice. Like, I like what what they did with, like, the game, where, like, they had, you know, everyone was so, like, kind of, like, confused and scared by, like, these, you know, skull cards that they had from the original game. And then when they did the it, it still was fine like i don't care but then they they came out with this you know beautiful version of the game that was the target exclusive and that was like a cool little you know thing and it's like you don't need both of these but it's an awesome little you know like if you want to have that choice you can and i like we have both and I, I like that idea yeah it is fun and like i said it doesn't change the mechanics but some people just want to have more stuff to look at and there's something about really nice art that when you, you know, for me, when I'm reviewing a game, it is important to know that you're going to be looking at this art for 30 to 45 minutes, probably. Mm -hmm. Are you going to enjoy looking at that for that length of time? Imagine you're in a museum. You don't even look at one painting for, what, five minutes. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be looking at this art for the whole game. So you... You should probably make the art good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's that was a really important thing for us. And so we were thinking, you know, that's why making the colors more accessible was important. And and we just really wanted to do a deluxe, but there's nothing to deluxify other than like, I don't know, upgrade the card quality or, I don't know, make the box more durable. You know, what you, UV spot, mm -hmm. you know, everyone likes UV spot. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, um. We were like, well, what if we got more art? Because you can swap the cards out, and it won't affect the game. So that's what we just decided nice. to go with. So, so who are these? Who are these? Uh, who are these mystery artists that we're looking at? If we get that deluxified version, well, sh we have shared uh, two pieces. Have we shared two pieces? Maybe we only shared the one piece. There is one piece that you can see that we've shared so far. That is on um, the Letterman Games Twitter. And it was done by Jackie Davis, who also did the artwork for the Neverland Rescue. So Letterman Games has, uh, they already knew, Dan and um, Jackie already knew each other. So it was easy to connect and get, or hire her to do the piece. And that doll is so cute. We've also had, um, oh, what is his last name? Kofer. Rev Kofer. Michael Kofer. He goes by Rev Kof on all of his accounts. And so everyone just calls him Rev because he's a reverend, his Reverend Kofer. He has been so helpful with changing all of the colors of the cards. He's the one that's done all this color changing. And he also, he, one day, so the way that the, the cards look and what, should I just tell, talk about? You know, what's funny. That was going to be my next question. So yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Matryoshka, the story of the game is you are a, matryoshka doll collector and you have a random assortment of dolls and your opponents have the same dilemma they have a random assortment of dolls and you've all decided to come together and do trading so you can collect 
both a complete set of a doll as well as as much of the same size of a doll because at the end of the game those are the ways you win your points and so throughout the game you're putting some of your collection out on the table on display so your opponents know what you may be collecting and then some are in your hand and the ones in your hand are your use for trading but you may also have things in your hand that you want to put on display in the future because your display slowly grows throughout the game but at the end of each round you collect everything up even your display and you can change your strategy like mid-game you're like you know what i don't want to collect these anymore so you scoop them all up and you trade it out and then you put different things on display and that's one of the things i really enjoyed about the game is how you can change your strategy mid-game you could still do just as well so we don't you know it's hard to like when i was saying earlier about the two-player variant because there's that trading aspect it's hard to, where you're just trading with the person across from you. So where's, I mean, like, where's the real trading thing? The real trading and um, dilemma comes with, do I want to give my opponent this? Or is my opponent going to pick my other opponent's card over mine? And maybe that's going to be better for them, but it's going to be worse for me. Or do I, you know, there's a lot of like mulling over what you want to offer and how valuable it may or may not be to your opponent when you offer it. And the game only, like I said, it only plays in 20 minutes. So it's a very quick game, small box size. That's pretty much like the story of the game. I was talking about Michael Kofer and uh, Rev Kofer and how he yeah. did some art changes. So in the game, you have the dolls and they're numbered one through seven different sizes. So you have the tiny little baby one that fits in the two, that fits in the three, and they all fit in the seven doll. The original game just had the same image. Re, you know, different mm -hmm. sizes though. So you could see the small one and then they would grow to the larger size. But um, Michael came to us and said, hey, so I have this cool idea. I'm going to show you this picture. You just tell me what you think. And he showed it to us. And what he had done was split the dolls. So, it, so they're stacked already. So the little baby one is inside of the 7654321 base. And then the baby two is inside the 7654322 base. And it just, so you can see the growth of the doll and it looks phenomenal. It's so much more fun to look at than it is to look at the same image resized seven, six times. Yeah. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. So that's another art change we made. It's not huge, but it does, it does like kind of give more into that nesting matryoshka doll feeling you get when you look at it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea because I... I did watch. I did watch a video. I can't remember. I think it was just somebody else talking about this game because it was a video about it, and I saw mm -hmm. the art and the you know, and that's the one thing that that I noticed too. That I was kind of like, okay, so you just see the same doll multiple times, just you know, a little bit bigger. So I I love that idea of, you know, the process of them stacking in and not just like thinking to yourself like, oh, okay. This is how this would work. You actually get to see it out in front of you, which is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was all Rev's idea. So I'm like, man, you are a wizard. He just comes at us with these ideas and these color revisions. You know, we said, hey, we got some feedback that there was a little bit too many cards with oranges and yellows. Here's some of our thoughts. What do you think? And he comes back and he's like, here you go. Bam. Something amazingly gorgeous. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, I will. Thank you. <laughs> uh, one of the aspects of the game, too, that I love is that the 
the showing people like your your cards every round. You know, you've got your two, then your four, then your six, then whatever. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly how it goes, but and I love that you can change that up too. So you could be like, oh, here I'll show you these. Oh, not wait, now I'll show you these. You know. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I like that whole thing, like you said, too, where you can change it up mid-game. And that's what I would do, too. Like, I'm sure to my detriment, I'd probably lose. But I like sometimes being that wild card to be like, oh, you think I'm going to be taking all these? Well, guess what? I just did this whole other thing, you know. And it may win or may lose or whatever. But still, it, it gives you that option of, like, that hidden dilemma where it's like, okay, is this really where I'm going, you know? And, like, sometimes that could, even if... Even if it's the detriment to your game, sometimes you could screw up other people too. Like I, I know that kind of sounds kind of bad. Like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to screw everybody up. But it, you know, it's it's a cool concept. You know, instead of just doing the same old thing where it's like, okay, well, I'm just working towards this, and you know, hopefully I win. You know, there's a lot more strategy in that whole thing. So I think that's cool. I agree. That's one of the things that when I first got the game back, I think it was 2013, 2014 when I reviewed it. Mm -hmm. And that was one of the things I was like, and you know, what's so hard is because it is a three plus player game. I find myself very rarely with two other people that will are interested in playing a game. I'm always with just like one other friend. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is how it is. Yep. But when I would find people to play it, uh, it was just like the most enjoyable experience. And I I was like legitimately upset that I couldn't, you know, like I just couldn't get it to the table that often. And because it's a small box, it went into the small box drawer and I forgot about it for a while. That part's and hard. So then, yeah, it does. I, I, man, displaying small box games is one of the toughest things for me. What I was doing for a while is I would take my big box games push them as far back into the shelf as I could. Then I would stack the small box games in front of them. But then I would get, I would get out of control. I'm like, wow, look at all this extra space I have now. I'm going to buy all the games. Yeah, That was a bad idea. So (laughs) I've since cleaned it up a lot. All right. Well, here I've got, I've got a challenge to anyone that's listening. Make a display case for those tiny games. I mean, yes. There's got to be somebody out there one. that's, yeah, there's got to be somebody out there that's listening to this that's like, I've had this idea forever and I, now I need to do it. Like, there's got to oh be God. like an awesome little like, you know, like plastic display case that can, you know, easily fit all your stuff. Like a Rolodex. Yeah. small games. Yeah, you exactly. Just, like, spin them through and just oh like, there gosh. it is. Boop. Yeah. Someone who's listening, you better make this. Yeah, no kidding. Well, now I've got all kinds of ideas. Now I'm like, okay, let's I see. I turned 30 this year. This is my birthday present. <laughs> I'm giving to you to give to me. Nice, nice. <laughs> so everybody, go to Michael's. See what you can find because I'm sure Michael's has mm-hmm. something because they always have something that's like, or a Hobby Lobby if you're on my ne- in my neck of the woods. But you know, oh man. Okay, I'm a, I'm writing. I'm. I'm preserving this. I'm gonna. I don't have anything to write it down, so I'm. I'm. I might have to go after that and see what I could find. So, <laughs> New, next challenge. That's right. Masses. That's right. You know, we talk about this game. You know, localizing, getting it from. You know, getting over there. Is there anything that else that Letterman has in the works, or is there something that you think that's overseas that you're like, wow, this this game just needs to be here, and it would be awesome to have that in the U.S. We don't have anything specific in the pipeline. We have looked at some games that we thought would be great to localize, but they need a little bit of, um, like, the design of the game needs development. Oh, okay. But the 
theme of the game and the execution of the product and just like the overall game was very exciting, but the core mechanics needed some some work. So we have some ideas of what we want to do with it, but Matryoshka was already ready to go and, you know, we didn't have to do much. There were, We didn't have to do any, actually. Design and, um, and development investment. Illustration investment was as we wanted, so we invested as much as we chose to do. The deluxe was our decision. So it was a really easy one to get into. And the ones that we've seen, uh, the other games we've seen since then have have not been as easy, we think, mm-hmm. to bring over. Yeah. So we're still looking. One of the things that we would really like to add to the line, because Lenneman Games doesn't have any rolling rights, yeah. we would love to add a great rolling right that um, is designed overseas. And I was, man, I was really hoping to get to Essence Spiel this year so I could just walk around and see some of these indie publishers and see what amazing stuff they have. But, you know, I don't... Con- convention season is so packed and overwhelming sometimes. I just mm-hmm. can't get to them all. Yeah. So I really don't think I'm going to get to this one. Nice, nice. Okay, so you... I love your answer, but you gave me no, like, actual game titles or anything like that. Nope. So. So you're not going to give me anything. You're just going to say, well, we tried. I mean, I don't want to throw any, any. Well, how about this? How about, how about, how about this? How about let's not, let's take away your title. Let's take away Letterman Games. Let's, let's, is there something personally that you've seen that you're like, this needs to be here? So the audience knows I'm looking at my game shop. (laughs) They, just to let you know, I will not leave this awkward silence in. It's really hard for me to say that because it's hard for me to get my hands on foreign games. And most of the time, the foreign games I get my hands on, I get my hands on them because they have already been localized. Yeah. I have played some games from Emperor S4 that I really enjoyed playing. Um, And thankfully, Deepwater games brought them over like Konami Koji was one of them that I owned before Deepwater had their hands on it and that was a great game that I was excited to see come to the United States and there was another one from uh, White Goblin Games that we were thinking about localizing but we we really wanted to do one at a time so we haven't approached them about it yet it's a game called Hands okay um so we're still thinking maybe it would fit the line, maybe not, but it's not a roll and write. And like I said, Matryoshka was already ready, set to go, and we're not quite sure. You know, we, we're trying to be, especially with localization, there's a little bit of investment. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to let the other publisher down. You don't want to fail at delivering the amount of manufacturing amount or quantities that you promised. And, you know, you really want to be able to show them that you know what you're doing because you want them to want to use you in the future. So we're really kind of waiting a little bit to make sure that we do this one the right way before we actually like shoot forward full blast to the next project. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Especially because this, this is my first publishing project. And because Dan is letting me manage the whole thing, it's like, I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just, excuse me, I'm just trying to make sure that I do this one the right way before I say, all right, I'm good for the next one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, the thing, the funny thing is, is, is I was, I was just asking as a fan because I just, you know, it's funny because you still, you have your localization hat on. You will not take that thing off. 
you're like, I would love to do this, but we, you know, I'm like, no, I just, I just wanted something that you thought was awesome that you, that you would like to see here. But I love, I love it that you're just, you've kept that hat on. You're, you know, you're pushing for Matryoshka and uh, it's going to be well, awesome. It's hard. Well, it's hard because I just don't play that many games that, like I said, that um, haven't already been localized. Yeah. Like Konami Koji was one. Yeah. Well, that's, that's... I really, there was two Japanese games that I picked up from Dice Tower a few years ago that were localized from AEG to Japan, Oh, but I got them in Japanese. Nice. They were like these small little, bo- small box games. And I didn't know this, but I think, I think they're called Koi in Japan. K-O-I instead of A-E-G. I thought that was really cute. Oh, interesting. Um, I know. <laughs> but, you know, again, they're a local company, so they've already localized. There is no nothing. There's yeah, nothing there's localized because they're there. yeah, local. Yeah. Well, I'd, <laughs> I'd be interesting to know if, if anybody listening to this has, you know, knows anything that's abroad that they, you know, are, would be excited to see here in the States. Because... I don't. I don't have that either. Unfortunately, you know. I just thought because it feels like you've played a lot of a lot of different games from different you know from different avenues and stuff like that. If you had any ideas, but like, yeah, I've never played anything where it's like, you know, somebody just got their you know just happened to get their hands on it somehow, and it's like okay, you know, this will be the only time you know I'll ever be able to play this. So it's interesting to see all that happen. I have um, been keeping a big eye out though for those exact games you know i have Mm -hmm. there are a lot of reviewers like eric yurko reviews a lot of foreign games Mm -hmm. and um suzanne sheldon from the dice tower she gets foreign games all the time so i have been paying attention to the games that they share Mm -hmm. and like there's one called strange vending machine that looked adorable you know so i've been watching these adorable looking games that I think would fit the Letterman Games line and we're just trying to see what works. But I have been mm-hmm. keeping an eye out and I know um I have a friend, Benny Sperling. He's a designer. He has he's so into roll and rights and he's been sharing a lot of foreign roll and rights that he's been receiving. I have asked him about a few and unfortunately most if not all of the ones I asked about were either not that great or were already localized mm-hmm. under a different name. Yeah. But I have been keeping my eye out. And like I said, we were really hoping to bring a roll and write game to the line. So we'll see if we can find a good yeah. one that hasn't been already taken. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> it's crazy how like steaming hot roll and writes still are right now. It's like, yeah. you can make it about literally anything. And if it, you know, if it's, you know, mechanically sound, people are just like, head over heels over it. It's just it's crazy like how that phase has just caught fire right now. I have a roll and write design that is actually was started working with Dan from Letterman Games on together. It was gonna be a co design, but he just has not because he's full time publisher and I am not. He does not have the time <laughs> to focus on the design. Yeah. So I was like, Are you okay if I keep running with this uh, since you don't have the time? He's like, Yeah, totally go for it. Mm-hmm. So I've been taking over it and it's um it's uh, roll and write, but it's like magic casting, dexterity roll and write kind of. Nice. So you roll the dice, and you're supposed, and it's like you're casting spells depending on what faces they are and where they land determines what spell you cast, and then you mark things on your sheet. So it's gonna be something like that. Nice. Yeah, it's funny too because like yeah, like 
I actually wanted to work on something like that also because I'm like, God, this this is so hot, you know, right now. Like, I'm not going to ever, like, it's never going to be published, but I'd like to just do it just to have something. But yeah. I thought, like, it would be fun to have one where it's, like, superhero. the superheroes have, like, this big meaning every year in this certain place. And so now that the superheroes are gone, the villains can actually destroy the city and make the city how they'd like to make it so i'd like to do a roll and write where like the city is made up how they want want it so Ooh. i don't know i don't know how that would work out but like i just had that idea and i was like god that sounds like that would be fun now how do i make this into a game <laughs> you know? yeah that's, right it's always the, that's the hard yeah part. exactly all right so enough of them uh, let's talk let's talk a little bit more about metri matryoshka before i let you go so what are we looking at okay. as far as getting the base game and getting the deluxe version? Or is there anything else out there that we're looking for? Or is that is that basically where we're staying? Right now, it's just those. We may have, you know, because Letterman Games has other games we're thinking about throwing in for the Kickstarter campaign. Tiers where you can get some of the other games from them. But for Matryoshka itself, I don't know if we're going to... Right now, we're, our talk is three to four artists that we're hoping to have the DOS for. If it gets really popular, maybe we'll be able to add more. You know, uh, but art is expensive. That's one of the most expensive assets. So if, you know, if we can afford it, I've just, I've been doing a lot of research about running a Kickstarter campaign and I've been reading a crowdfunding strategy. I think that's what's up, yeah. A crowdfunding strategy. Is that it? A crowdfunders strategy guide. That's what it's oh, called. Nice. <laughs> like staring at my book <laughs> by Jamie Stegmaier. Oh, yeah. And I've been reading a lot of information from like James Mates website and I feel really prepared. So I'm really excited about it. And I really want to give the focus to the audience and I really want, you know, I'm really about what do you guys think? What do you ladies mm -hmm. think? What does everybody yeah. think? Tell yeah. me, what yeah. do you think? Yeah. Oh, and, the, and that's the way you do That's and the way so, you do it. You want to, you know, you want to, you want to give the people exactly what they want. And that's one of the reasons why we've been trying to share the artwork ahead of time. Because before the Kickstarter campaign, we want it to be as as colorblind friendly and as like least straining on the eyes as possible. And as beautiful as possible, you know? So we've been working really closely with our illustrators and we've been keep like I said, keeping in contact with White Goblin Games to make sure they approve of the artwork and whatnot. And it's just been going really super smoothly. So I'm very excited about it. We even have a second graphic designer, Jeff Wallace, who's done a lot of graphic design stuff for Letterman Games. He's been helping us with doing like the box images and 3D stuff and things that like I have no idea how to do. And I was like, you know what? If I if no one knows how to do it, I'm just going to wing it and figure it out and Google everything. But he has been really helpful. So I, you know, my job has been really easy, to be honest. But I guess that's kind of how it goes when you have a product that the design's done. We don't have any development we have to do. We don't have any art we need to make a decision on, like, the art direction we want to take. It's all been done for us. So for a first localization project and a first publishing project for myself personally, this was a great, like, baby step, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. So what are we looking at as far as price point? What are we looking at for the regular, the deluxe version, and then ship? Uh, we're still talking about it because it's dependent on how many artists and how many cards we're going to have for the deluxe. But for the base, we're looking at 16. Okay. Super cheap. And I think, yeah, and I think that's, I think we're doing, 
we're subsidizing shipping for the United States, so that's like sixteen shipped in the U.S. Nice, nice. Well, look at that. For for uh, let's see, for under twenty bucks, that's basically going to Hardee's for two people, or you know, a game that you could have for the rest of your life that costs cheaper than going to a movie, even without buying popcorn and all that other stuff. So, I mean, come on. What a great. It's true. <laughs> that part is true. The replay value, too. Yeah. Unless you get a DVD. Games are better. Games are better. Movies are great, but games are Sometimes I'll put a movie on in the background. While yeah, I exactly. It's like, put it on mute. Just so you have something, something yeah, going on. Yeah, exactly. Por que no los dos? That's right. That's right. Whatever, whatever you like. Whether it be anime, whether it be that your favorite rom-com whether it be whatever so sometimes just smooth jazz that's right while you play like carcassonne with smooth that's jazz. right yeah or if you just do like one of those one of those uh fireplace things on the tv to make you feel all warm and cozy while you play it Ooh, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. who doesn't like that oh man now i'm sleeping <laughs> <laughs> me also but that's how i always am well, Cassie, it's been great to have you on so again. Yeah. Absolutely. I enjoyed coming Absolutely. on the show. It's always fun. I love the banter. and I always go on a tangent and you're just like, you go oh, with yeah. it. That's why interviews are the best because I don't get the, I don't have to do a lot, which is just fun. Oh, thanks. I will do all Sweet. work for Thank you anytime. You. Thank you. I feel like I should pay you for this. I will accept all donations. There you go. Go to ko-fi.com right now and buy Cassie a coffee for... Because she's sleepy and she needs it. And I think I think you need one too, yes. Kurt. So get Kurt That's coffee right, too. Please. Get it at like 8 a.m. though. If you get it for us now, it's not going to be yeah. any good. It's like 10 p.m. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> be up for days. No one wants that. So May 8th, Matryoshka, Letterman Games. Go grab a game or two or two deluxe or three deluxe. Get it for your mom, for your, gr- for your grandma, you know. Because your grandma's gonna love this game too. This this sounds like a good like a good family game. You know, it's like it's like hearts with your family. Like that's a good family game. When is Mother's Day? Oh, Mother's Day is so Matryoshka launches on a Wednesday, and Mother's Day is that Sunday. There you go. See how cute is that? Perfect. That's right. So your your mom can enjoy your mom can enjoy it next Mother's Day. Oh man, it's gonna be great. Oh, mm-hmm. that's super cute. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> No problem. No problem. I'm all full of great ideas. All right. It's better than being full of cheese. It's true. I also am full of that. A lot of weird foreign substances that I will probably be preserved for 3,000 years. Okay, enough of this. God, we're just going off in too much of a tangent. It's late. So again, thank you, Cassie. This is going to be awesome. Can't wait for this to fund. I, it's going to fund. I'm not even going to guess on it. It's going to. So until next time, I'm Kurt. Thanks again. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.